We should have, you know, the dogs ought to be part of your podcast. They don't talk. Oh. Well, They'll bark. They might bark in the background, especially since we're uh, live at the dinner at Johnny's um, interview porch. And it is time for another uh, podcast. Uh, today's guest is Jim Levin, who is um, the owner of Community Broadcasters. He is the president uh, and general manager. How are you, Jim? Uh, I'm I'm here. He uh, also yeah. for total disclosure, he also uh, pays my salary. So well, on occasion, only when you deserve it. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have to be nice. You're the host. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're the host you're for fine. the most. You. How long have you been uh, involved in the radio business? Not very long. Yeah. About fifty-two years. Right. No, so, literally. So I mean, you, isn't that weird? Fifty-two years. You played this song as a hit. I did. Yeah, I have Wild Cherry. Play that funky music, white boy. Where were yeah. you? What radio station were you on when you played that song? Where were you in the world? Well, let's think. Was that between nineteen seventy-five and seventy-seven? I think it yeah, was seventy-seven. I'd and say. that would be either D H F or M E T. All right. No, so, I was I was on the air in Chicago. Okay. I paid my way through college as a disc jockey in Chicago. How old were you? Well, you know, uh, I would have been 20 to 21, so 19 20, to 21. You're 20 yeah. years old and yeah. you're working on the radio in Chicago. What was your shift? Yeah. Well, I did a bunch of shifts. I actually started at a, a station called Super CFL. And it was CFL because it was owned by the Chicago Federation of Labor. So there I am. I'm working for this labor union. And I got in trouble because I went on the air and at the top of the hour, you know, they always have radio stations have formats and you have to do certain things at certain times. So at the top of the hour, you'd say it's, you know, let's say it's 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock and I'm whatever name that you use. In my case, it was Jim Summers. It's 10 o'clock and I'm Jim Summers at the voice of labor. And then they played the jingle WCFL Chicago and no, I can't sing. And so hang on. I actually have, I just looked up on YouTube. There's yeah. an air check of you. Yeah. Jim Summers. Oh God. WDHF Chicago Metro media 1977. Yeah. Let's let, yeah. let's see what you sounded like in 1970. 21 years old. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's some embarrassment. GHF and get down tonight. That's Casey and the Sunshine Band. It's 159, and I am Jim Summers with the best music in the world, and your chance to win just minutes away. You keep it here. It pays to listen to DHF. And there we are. <laughs> yeah. This the the disco. You were, so you were alive in the disco era. Yeah, they screamed my name just now. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. This is so much fun. So you've done this your whole life. My, since I was 14. And okay. really, I started when I was 13. I was lucky enough to go to this boarding school. Yes, I went to prep school. Okay. And, uh, and what place, was the name of the prep school you went to? Well, the first year, I went to Mount Hermon School for Boys. Uh, and we had a sister school, Northfield Seminary for girls. And here I am, this Jewish kid. Yes, I said I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> and the school was founded by the Reverend Dwight L. Moody, who became famous as an evangelist, Moody Bible Institute. Right. right? I've heard about the Moody's. They were the one, they used to knock on your door. 
Well, no. Right? Those are the Moonies. Oh, those are the Moonies. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. All this right. guy was it's, was are, very, very cool. He was very, he, you know, he walked the walk. He didn't talk the talk. Were they like the Jehovah Witnesses? No, no. Okay. And in fact, we never wore white shirts when I was in prep school. Okay. But so we had this thing. It was called Carrier Current Radio, which means we had this little transmitter and the signal went through the electrical wires in the, in the door. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. In the dorms, uh, Taylor, Taylor, who, you know, is, is our golden girl, literally. Thank you for making us Just our made drinks. us some really good alcohol. Thank you. All right. So, and, so, so you started in college, is what well, you're saying. No, I started in prep school. So, okay. yeah, we had carrier current, so you could only hear us in the dorms because okay. it went through the wires of the dorms. Right. Except my friend David Bither and I decided that we would get these wires and stick them through the trees. And we broadcast over the air and kind of got in trouble for that because okay. it wasn't licensed. So was that your yeah. first taste of being on the radio or not? Yeah, but I always dreamed about it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and then what was your first commercial gig? Uh, uh, W-I-N-F in Manchester, Connecticut. How old were you? Uh, 14. <laughs> Is that legal? Was uh, it legal back then? Well, it's interesting. My dad, you know, I, I've been very lucky. My dad was a, a prominent attorney in Connecticut. Okay. And his one of his best friends was the commissioner of labor for the state of Connecticut. And he said, Jimmy wants to do this. And I know they can't pay him. So maybe we can, you know, he could be an intern, you know, like they have interns in medical school. There had never been an intern in Connecticut. And he set up the first legal internship. And so all I did was I sat at the audio console you've all seen those things mixing boards yeah and i i ran a new york yankees game so you know the inning the half inning would end and we'd say you know you'd hear after a half inning it's uh, the yankees won the red sox coming up okay. and i would turn the signal from the network down and play commercials the commercials would end i'd play this thing that would say you're listening to yankee baseball on 1230 winf manchester and explain that feeling when you first uh got to open the mic and say your well, first words i did so you didn't have to what well so there i am i don't know it's 14 or 15 and the disc jockey at the end of the game you know it was like an eight o'clock game so it's like 10 30 and my poor dad i can't drive yet right my poor dad, the lawyer, is driving 25 minutes from West Hartford, Connecticut to Manchester to pick me up. And the DJ didn't show up. So I call my boss, who is this lovely guy, British guy, Jeff Jacobs. I doubt that was his real name, but it, that was his radio name. Oh, I'm Jeff Jacobs. And, and Jeffrey Jacobs. Uh, Peter could do, our friend Peter, the sure. golfer, could do it better than me. And, and I said, well, you know, Joe Blow hasn't shown up. I don't remember the guy's name. And he said... No big deal. Do you know how to cue up a record and, uh, you know, get a jingle, Jimmy? And I said, yeah, I think I can do that. We used to play literally 45 RPM records on turntables on the radio, but it took a while when you, I'm sorry, Taylor. So so when when you'd start the record, it took a, a minute for the turntable to get up to speed and if you just turned it on at the very beginning, you'd hear, Bloop. so you had to do what's queuing it up. So you turned the record back, I think it was a quarter of a rotation. And when you started it, it would start, hmm. So I queued up the record, I played a jingle, songs getting ready to end. Mr. Jacobs, he's still not here. What Play. was the song? 
Uh, well, that one I don't remember. Right. So he says, second song. So I played another jingle, played another song. It ends. So again, the DJ and hadn't shown up. He hadn't shown up. So I said, this is your big break. Mr. Jacobs. Well, I was, I was, you know what they say in your underwear. I was so scared. I'm a little boy. Yeah. You're and, 14 uh, years old. Yeah. Get and down. And this is Connecticut. Is this a city? Uh, it's outside of Hartford, Connecticut, right. which is, you know, it's kind of like Rochester. Okay. So it's a big market for, you know, to start. Most people don't start All there. Right. They so start did he here. show up? He never showed up, and 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 he said, "Okay, you got to go on the air." And I said, "I'm I'm I think I was 14." I said, "Mr. Jacobs, I'm 14. I'm I'm too scared. I can't go on the radio." And he said, "Well, then you just had the shortest career in the history of broadcasting, or you can go on the air." And I, yeah, I this is a podcast, so I can say the S word. What did he I say? Won't. You I can say said, anything is that? I'm a little boy, and I said, "Oh, uh, oh shit! Me. Oh you shit! You can say shit, 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 shit." And, and, and so I go on the air and I, hi, it's Jimmy Levin and uh, here I am on WINF. And I played Judy Collins, Both Sides Now. That was the first song I ever played on the radio. Oh, so you remembered you know, what it was. I've looked at life from both sides. All right, hang now. on. I'm going to find it. I wish I had her. I mean, she's got one of the most beautiful voices, Judy Collins, that I've ever heard. Okay. And, 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 and that started it. And so. He, he still had me do Yankee games. I mean, he didn't put me on the air as a full-time DJ, but, um, so but still but, that was your, yeah. When I was 14, but he had me doing the news. Cause right, now here it is. Go ahead, right. Jim. Hi, I'm Jimmy Levin. That's not it. That's not it. No, that's not it. By who? Judy Collins. Gucci Mane. Not Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. Only Johnny could come up with Gucci Mane. I love that. Is that like a mane on a, a horse, or is it primary meaning mane? Or? Is this it? No. That's not it either? No, it says Judy Collins. Da, 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 oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Hi, Jimmy Levin, AM 1230 WINF with both sides now. Except I didn't hit the Does that give you chills or what? Listen uh, to that. No. That was it. No, because you know That what was the beginning of your career. You know what happened? All right. So I turned the mic off and, you know, I've gone on the radio and I am. I'm still shitting in my pants. And I realize I feel really warm and I feel really wet. And I look down and there's a puddle on the floor in front of me. I wet my pants. I was so... I, it's a true story. The first time I opened a mic professionally, I wet my pants. So, so there's my dad, Stanley Levin, coming out, this, this prominent attorney who had just started a company that he took public called Gerber Scientific. He's this big kahuna, right? Okay. And he says, Jimmy, we got to go home. And I said, Dad, I can't go home. I've got some good news and some bad news. And he looks down. He says, Jimmy Levin, you're 14 years old. What happened? I said, well, that's the good news. They made me a real professional DJ. They're going to pay me $1.85 an hour. I'm on the air. $1.85. And, 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 well, I was minimum wage in Connecticut back then. Things haven't changed much. And, and, well, yeah. Well, McDonald's pays, what, 16 bucks an hour now. But so he said, okay, but I got to take you home. And I said, nope. I have to turn the station off at 1 o'clock. He said, in the morning? And I said, yeah. And he said, you have school. I got to get you back to Mount Hermon. I got to take you yeah. back. You can't. And I said, well, my boss, Jeff Jacobs said, if I don't finish my shift, I just had the shortest career in the history of broadcasting. So right. my dad being the absolute sweetest so, guy who ever lived said, okay, so wait. So he goes home 
He gets me underwear, pants, and socks. I swear to you. He drove an hour, right? And so I change, and I'm on the air until 1 o'clock in the morning. So then my dad says, well, I'm an officer of the court. I can't allow you to get paid. It's illegal. But your mom and I will pay you $1.85 for every hour you're on the air. And that's how I got my first pay. So wait a minute. Yeah. So you went from being a pant wetter. Yeah. To how many radio stations uh, do you currently uh, have in your well, total, portfolio? I mean, my first company was called Pilot, um, and I had 21 radio stations. Uh, what and, stations were those? Uh, well, Roughly. You don't have to say them all. But any that we would know? Yeah, Syracuse. I owned uh, 95X WAQX. That was the first radio station I ever bought from a wonderful guy named Steve Dodge. And then I bought, um, and, and it's a long story. Well, that was, uh, yeah, that was okay. my guy. I know that um, station. And he was also, you know, it's summer when they're rocking and weeds pouring. What's that guy do now? Joe Kelly. He oh, still okay. does voices right, and right. He, he's an old guy All right, good. as if I'm not an old guy, but he lives in, uh, in Phoenix and he's, he's a really nice man. Right. Really, really nice. So ninety five X. What else? Ninety three Q. I bought ninety three Q, and I had uh, I put light one hundred five point nine together, uh, which this wonderful African American guy who and and this is it sounds terrible to say it that way because I can't remember I can't remember my name half the time. Right. But he owned it, and we reformatted it to, you know, light adult you know light music, and right. uh, then I I I had the old WNDR twelve sixty which had been a big top 40 station. I think that uh, Dick Clark worked there. And I went, no, 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 no. It's AM. This was still in this the This is 90s. in Syracuse? Mm-hmm. And I said, this has to be an all-news station. And one of my, and he's still one of the sweetest guys on the planet, a guy named Harvey Nagler, who's one of my best friends. And at the time he ran CBS Radio News. And I called him up and I said, I want to put WCBS News Radio 88 New York on in Syracuse. Can you help me? And I was just meeting him for the first time because my college buddy directed me. He said, sure. And we automated it. And it sounded like WCBS News Radio 88. That's fun. And we changed the call letters from NDR to WNSS W News 1260. You later ended up after operating those stations for how long? long? I owned a the company, my hobby's flying airplanes. So I called it pilot communications. Jim has a plane, and, uh, by the way. And if there are any single ladies out there, <laughs> yeah, Jim loves to fly off to places. You just got to hit him up on Facebook. Oh, Jim Levin. He'd yeah. love to hang out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, right. It's like that commercial. I love to fly. No, what a cool hobby, which wait, wait yeah, till you hear out how he learned how to fly. It has something to do with girls. radio and girls. Girls. All right, so my whole life has to do with We girls. have to keep going because there's a lot to cover. Yeah. Well, All right. So you own these. None this, of it's very interesting. You own this group of radio stations. Story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, you end up and selling. I, and I had them in, in, uh, in Maine in, as in well. In Maine as well. And Cortland. I owned I-100, which I called the... Classic rock station. I think okay. they still call it that. It's owned by So you Saga went from now. being yeah. wetting your pants. Yeah. That's what you should have called your company, Wet Pants Communications. <laughs> yeah, my parents really, you know, my parents aren't with us anymore. They'd still be yelling at me if I had done that. Oh, look, right. they, they were pretty PO'd that I became a disc jockey <laughs> in the first place. I'm, I'm the black sheep in my family. Sure. So. 
but yeah. I like having. I mean, fun. radio I mean, radio. radio personalities like one notch above circus or rodeo clown. I don't know. What do you <laughs> think, Johnny? What do you think? I don't know, Johnny. Right. Johnny is one of my heroes. So this that's, is your, right. dude. This is your interview. Which so let's true. talk about you. Let's but talk it, about. But you. It happens to be true. He's well, also you, one John. of my best friends. Thank you, John. but thank but you. at any rate, yeah. So I, I I owned. I think it was sixteen or seventeen. You're one of my best stations. friends. Too, well, thank you. Thank you. And we sold to a public company called Citadel Broadcasting which was subsumed, it became Cumulus, which yeah. is a big public company. Sure. They bought all the ABC-owned so and operated radio you, stations. After later. you sold those stations, yeah. I is, retired. It, is it public knowledge what you sold them for? What did you sell them for? Well, my company, it went for $50 million. Okay, yeah. so you retired. How and old were you? By the way, I had lots of debt, and I had investors who owned 62% of the company. Okay, okay. So well, please, yeah, don't, don't think, think I made $50 million. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You know, so I wish. you retire. Yeah, I, I moved to New York City. I was very lucky. I, I found how old a guy, were you? Uh, 44. For, and I was 44. You know, I thought, you know, I've been working my ass off since I was 14. I've been working 30 years. Maybe I should, you know, like load up the truck and move to Beverly. So I moved to New York. I found a triplex on the Upper East Side. Uh, and it's going to sound like a lot of money here, but. A triplex for one point three million dollars. A triplex it's is what? Like nothing. Three floors, right? Yeah, I was on thirty four, thirty five, and thirty six at four hundred East Seventieth Street with a balcony, a terrace, and a wood burning fireplace and a view on three sides. I, I it was just, <laughs> I, 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 I lived in a, um, in a. Did you have a piano? I had a batch pad. Okay, I had a batch. Okay, bed. it was speaking of girls. It was. You good have been for married girls. though, right, Jim? Uh, yes, I was married to a, a wonderful young woman. Karen Schneiderhan, who worked for me. You were married to a Karen? Yeah, and she, and she worked for me at the Big Wazoo. The what? The Big Wazoo. <laughs> is that slang for something? <laughs> what it is was that? a radio station. Oh! I, I put a bunch, you know, the, the most fun you can have if you're a programming guy, if you're a program director like you. So you started out as a DJ, a radio station on from scratch. Yeah, yeah but I kind of worked my way up. I, I also was a TV weather guy. I did a little news anchoring. Uh, which was cool because, you know, I've been pudgy, I've been skinny, you know, and there they put me on the radio. You look like Ron like, Burgundy when I, you were in the TV I was, business. Yeah, well, you've seen it. I had the, <laughs> as you call it, I had a porn stash. You did. And, you know, I had uh, burgundy hair and I had hair back then. Right. And uh -oh. it was just Hang fun. on a second. Who's this? Mikey. Oh. Wait. That, oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is wait, that wait, Caniglia? Wait, wait. Yeah. Mikey. Does Mike want to be on my Mikey, are you podcast? there? I'm here. Hey, Mikey, Mike. listen, we're doing the Dinner at Johnny's podcast with uh, our guest, uh, James Levin from Community oh. Broadcasters. Yeah. And you're on it now. Hey, you're, Mike. You're on the air. And and Mike. Uh, so yeah. watch what you say, Mike. And by the way, since this will last forever, here's a free commercial. Mike is one of the two owners of Drive America and Watertown Auto Sales. Watertown sure. Auto Sales. Sure. Great place to buy used car. Yeah. So, Mikey, yeah. what's going on? Just thought he I'd just called in. Well, not too much. I yeah. just uh, left the pad at Club that went down for dollar chicken wings. So I was cool. and see what you're Oh my God. Robert's got dollar chicken wings at the paddock club. Yep. Every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night. Remember when they were 10 cents? Wow. Do, Do you remember well, 10 cent yeah. wings? Yeah. Well, Woo. Yeah. I just got back from Buffalo. I was eating chicken wings. Both. I remember 10 cent, 10 cent draft. Fat Lenny's, and I was a little guy too. <laughs> I like 10 cent drafts. 10 cent drafts at Fat Lenny's. Did Critter own it then? Where the hell is Critter Fat on, Lenny's? Critter, sure yep. Critter! 
Critter from the Bay, we like, who we, we absolutely like love. We're going to yeah. drop Critter's name. Yeah, we this like is Critter. A, this is a local podcast, so we're going to drop everybody's name. We like name. Critter, and Critter Critter has this great liquor store now. Yeah, up in, in the a, Bay. In Alexandria yeah. Bay, yeah, He and his York. wife are awesome. Yeah. So, so Mikey, so the, uh, were you celebrating something? Was it Mary Jo's birthday? Now, those of you who don't know, Mike oh, Coniglio and Mary his jo. family, Mike, Cabrina, Mary Jo, and Joe. Shay. And, and well, those these would be his nieces. Yeah. But the, his sisters. Yeah. Uh, there, Mike's nephew, Stormwood, good friend of oh, mine. Storm. And of course he helps, he helped out our radiothon forever and ever. And we do our children's miracle network radiothon 22 years. And well, I've been in a good mood. I, you know what? And Mikey, that's how Mike and I met. I, I, I love storm. That's how Mike and I'll and I always met love storm. storm. And I'm, I'm smiling right now. So yeah. I don't want to talk too much about yeah, storm. Yeah, yeah. Poor Storm isn't with us anymore. He's so, one of the nicest people was I've it, ever known. Was it um, a, like a, were you guys celebrating tonight or not? No, uh, his brother uh, Sterling is home visiting, so we just all kind of wanted to get together. Cool. Nice. So, uh, all, now, yeah, Sterling's home until Friday or Saturday. He's got to go back to New York. So, nice. came home, we all just all went out for having a couple of drinks and laughs. And That's good. Cool. Nothing better yep. to Pat right. Club, nice local establishment. So, yep. I don't want I don't want to keep you, Mikey, because I know you were on the podcast. So. Yeah. But I just saw you called, so I thought I'd put you in. Yeah, well, I'm glad I got the Get to I mean, you can hang out if you want to hear more about Jim Levin's yeah. life because yeah. that's what we're talking I'm about. I'm sure you'll be fascinated. So, so I'm not even fascinated. So you're retired. Why am I doing this? You're yeah. retired. You're living yeah. in New York City. Yeah. And then you decide you want to get back into broadcasting. See, he was fascinated. Yeah. Um, me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I, I woke up one morning and I, I have to tell you, since high school and early college when I played sports, um, I haven't been in shape like that ever. I was oh, working when you were out. when you were single in New York City. Yeah, I was working out at with this a triplex place called with a with sport. a three story apartment building it, in yeah, New York pretty, City. It was pretty cool. Did you go to Studio Fifty Four and oh, like get many down? Years, or no? Now, my friend um, Kathy, who works at at Hospice here, which is one of my favorite charities, Jefferson she, Hospice of Jefferson County. Yeah, Jefferson okay. County, New York. She and I both at different times, never together. Uh, went to Studio 54 and Limelight and all that stuff in New York City. And by the way, when I was uh, doing the radio thing in Chicago, um, they used to pay me, I think it was 1000 or $1,500 every Saturday night. And I was the disco DJ at a disco on Rush Street in Chicago called Faces. And I had to wear a white tuxedo <laughs> and pull the John Travolta thing. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. I don't know. Oh yeah, they <laughs> freak say she. All right, so how many radio? So you you ended up buying stations in Watertown, and yeah. we're going to get to that in a minute yeah. because a lot of you who are listening are in the Watertown area. Well, but, but before that, quick, just how many radio stations have I have you total? have you worked at? Oh my god, in your whole life. Now, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about you being an owner, you being a radio person. Well, how many have I been fired by? Probably about fifty. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so you had to buy your own radio station to stay on the air. Is that although, what it is? Although, no, for real. Were you really fired 50 times? No. but, but How many but, times? Uh, Be honest. Think five about or it. six, probably. I was. What's it but, feel like? Um, well. You walk in one day and they're like, you're done. I got to tell you, I got fired by two people uh, when I put these radio stations on from scratch. One, great call letters. I didn't pick them. Called KWNZ. 
in Reno, Nevada. As an employee. And it was 97. Not an owner at this point. No, You're an employee. No, I, I was the guy who had to build the station for this guy, Fred Constant of Constant Communications. He gave me a big okay. break. And so I put K-Wins on the air, and we opened number two, maybe a point be, be behind number one. You're talking about Nielsen ratings. In, in, well, we were Arbitron, which were Arbitron then, back but, then. And I had a female which boss. Which is a measurement that tells people what station who's listening to what stations when and i was uh sexually harassed by my boss the, the ratings came out wait what you were sexually harassed she, by she, your boss she came in and said great book and opened up her shirt and i said you know I was, I was on the radio what? radio's a very strange business what? guys and i don't know that we want to go into Woo! all my groupie and radio Holy stories cow. back in the 70s and 80s there were groupies this it sounds a like a business. movie like mark Wahlberg would well, play you in you know what it really kind of was and and i said i'm thinking of my dad you know the lawyer again and and i'm like patty uh can't do this uh you're my boss and she so wait your, her shirt, your boss left. comes in she's got Monday. like a bottle of champagne in her hand yeah you know, you remember it better than i do in two glasses because i yeah, I know you're shocked, but I've told this story before. You've I've heard this story before, yeah. but tell it. And and so yeah, she had two glasses and and she said great book, which means rating period. And it was. I mean, we were a point from number 1 and we've been on the air for 8 weeks. She but, thought you were hot. Well, I don't know if she thought I was hot, but I mean, she definitely You've never come to, into the studio and opened your shirt when we have rating success. Well, I'll do it right now. Do you want me to? <laughs> um, All right, I don't mean to. So, she didn't you know have, what? Men she, get she, victimized too. And 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 wait, so I said can't do it. And I come to work Monday morning and she's went, "Okay." All right, wait, 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 wait. What did she away, say to you? She said, "No problem." And she left and buttoned up her shirt and I finish. I was doing Saturday 10 to 2, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Gotcha. And cuz I was the midday DJ as well. I did a lot of disc jockey work. And sure. so I come into work on Monday and I, and, and it was in this place called Frankovic house, which was on the, uh, the national historic register in, in Reno. And I'm walking upstairs and this woman who was a receptionist said, Jim, Jim, Jim. And I get to my office and it's padlocked shut. I mean, not locked padlocked. Like there was a chain and I, and she said, Patty wants to see you. I wasn't supposed to let you go up there. I went, yeah, I can see that. I think we have a problem. So I go to Patty's office. She said, you know, the chemistry just isn't right. I'm going to have to let you go. What? So, it's like a movie. So I have my box of stuff. One of two times that happened. And uh, what kind of sexual magnet are you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That was a Jewish <laughs> comment again. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say Jesus Christ. So anyway, so, so, so right, I go right. across the street to the payphone. Yes, they had payphones and I'm crying and I call dad. Who's the How old were you? So she really was a predator. She was older than you. Yeah, I was probably 26, 27. Oh, well, you weren't a baby. Then. I wasn't a baby, but it was upsetting. Right. And I told my dad what happened and he said, um, so you like, why didn't you go for it? That's said, not what your dad said. Oh That's my, what mine would have said. Oh, my dad would never be like that. But <laughs> so he said, you like the radio business? And I said, yeah. He said, you want to do it, you know, for the rest of your life? Went, yeah, I hope so. He said, well, you know what, Jimmy, I can get you treble damages. Do you know what that means? I said three times. He said, yeah. I said, well, what'd you make? What are you making? I went, dad, I told you, you don't remember. Cause with what I was making, he really didn't care. 
And I said, 30 grand. <laughs> right. And, and he said, well, I could get you $90,000. Do you think you'll make $90,000 during the rest of your broadcasting career? So what he was telling you is. You'll never get another job don't if you be, sue. You'll never. Right. Which is the problem that a lot of you hear these stories of women face the same issues. Right. It, it really is. It hasn't changed. Yeah. And, and it's disgusting. So you in are an direction. example of a male. Same thing happened. Yeah. And then you end up losing your job. Over. So I lose my job. You know, my father said, I don't mean to be mean. Because he was such a nice guy. He didn't know how to hurt people. He said, but I'm going to give you two pieces of advice, and then I'm hanging up, and hopefully you'll listen. Grow up, get a job. And, you know, it goes, so, hung up. So I went home, I pounded the pillow, and within about, I don't know, a week, I had another job. I mean, you know, okay. when, when you're out of work in radio in those days, you use little cassette tapes of your shows, and you sent them out all over the place, audition tapes. And my job, nine to five, eight to six, is how does Jim get another job? And uh, I got a really, I went to Salt Lake City working with my friend Greg Osham, who's is that where a, the, uh, a really good friend that's of mine That's where is. the Mormon church is in the, in, the Os- is. in the Osmond family? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The Osmonds uh, threatened to kill me once. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, Marie was getting divorced. Oh, you no. may recall if you're old enough. And I went on the air and I said, I can't believe somebody would divorce her. I love her. I love those teeth. She's got the whitest teeth. Marie, call me up and open your mouth for me. Well, they didn't like that. And literally they called. So the, the Osmonds were listening. And one of the, well, yeah, it was a big, it was called KCPX. It was a big radio station that, you know, Greg gave me a job. He was my boss. Because I, I was a decent, I wasn't a great disc jockey, but I was a decent disc jockey. And uh, they threatened to hurt me. So um, The Osmonds yeah, threatened so, to hurt you? So I didn't do anything. So I worked there for a while. But but the last program director job, and, and I met my business partner at a station called Fox 104.7 right, We're going to talk about in this in a minute. Later. Oh, I just want to make have no. to take a break? No, we're not taking a break, but we're 30 minutes into the podcast. Oh, We've I'm, already heard I've done about, about you getting fired yeah. and sexually harassed. Yeah. We've already heard no groupie stories. I'm not going. We've already heard your air check from Chicago when you were 18 or 19 years old, which is your on air recording. Yeah. Uh, we've learned that you've owned radio stations. You sold sold radio stations. Yeah. Uh, you retired in your forties. You're a 40 year old guy retired. I went crazy. You went crazy. Yeah. I called my now business partner, Bruce. And I said, I'm going nuts. You got to find me something to do. And I didn't know what to do. So he got me these consulting jobs. We consulted a company called Mall Radio Network, and we were putting music and commercials in public areas of shopping malls all oh. around the country okay. for this very, very well. I was flying around on Gulf Streams that he'd send to pick me up. It was How fun is fun. that? Yeah. Well, and they let me fly from Teterboro, New Jersey to Can to, we talk about Burbank. you being a pilot? How did you learn flying? How did you learn how to wait, 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 wait. Is that something you always wanted to do or did it just, it was your destiny? You know, I kind of, I always thought it was fascinating and I love sci-fi and you know, I grew up watching the Thunderbirds, which nobody's old enough to remember. It was in super marionation, literally marionettes, but you know, so I'm, 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 I'm at, uh, 15 KSTP. <laughs> yeah, this so was a, another station big, you worked at. It was a big 50,000 broadcaster radio station in, 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 in Minneapolis, St. Paul for this wonderful family, the Hubbard family. They own 
a big, big company now called Hubbard Broadcasting. Stanley Hubbard invented direct broadcast satellite. So he's responsible for DirecTV and Forbes 50. They own four Gulfstreams, okay. I think. They're All right. the so, nicest people I ever worked for. And Ginny. I feel like you're not going to ever have to work for them again. So you don't have to kiss their ass. No. I mean, Ginny was my <laughs> age then. And she's now taken over the company. There's Stanley oh, okay. Sr., All right. who invented direct broadcast, then Stanley Jr., and now Ginny. And so again, the best company I've ever worked for. They were so kind. So and we were talking about flying. So I get fired. Well, I didn't get fired. Hold on. Okay. One of the few jobs from which I didn't get Does fired. Does this have anything to do with the fact that we're drinking, enjoying tonight? Would just I do a that? light cocktail of um, Maker's Mark yeah. and um, Burville uh, Cider. I love Burville Cider. A little cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Taylor, our our, uh, our golden girl helping us out bartender taylor is our golden girl and yeah. also no yeah. we had some delicious um steaks that we got over at el terry's yeah el terry's if you're looking for good meat see i'm gonna do a commercial without doing a commercial if you're looking for the best meat in the north country yes Go to El Terry's. All right, so back and on I'm the flying. I'm not going to go there. I almost said something. And their bread pretty. is amazing. All their right. bread and, and great family, cookies, local stuff. Of their best. Everybody family. needs to keep supporting local, man, because yeah. that's the coolest. You that's know what all I mean? there is. Coolest thing in life. We no, don't that's all there is. Stop supporting conglomerates. I mean, right. Amazon is there, but at the end of the day, your neighbors are your neighbors. Right. That's all there is. All right, so we got to get back it's to the local. flying thing. Yeah. So I get. I get. I, you I didn't get I, fired. I quit. Well. So this guy, Ben Hill, who's another one of my heroes, the best boss as an, as a, as a program director, best guy I ever worked for is the program director of KMGK. The program director, for those of you who don't know, is the person that actually takes care, makes sure that the air staff and the sound of the station is good. Playing the right records. The DJs know what to say, right. when to shut up. You know, up, every station talk. sounds a little bit different. Yeah. And the program director is like, the manager of that. All right, so keep Every going. Product, how like did you learn how to fly? Here, they're all distinct. So Ben Hill calls me, who I'll always love to death, like like a brother. And uh, he said, y- you know, I hear you want to buy stations someday. I've heard about you, and and you want to be a manager. And you know, if you're willing to leave the major markets and come to Des Moines, do middays for me. I'll make you assistant program director. You'll be my number two, and I'll teach you how to be a program director. So Great. Des Moines from where? From Minneapolis. Yeah, is that, Mar- that kind of like a downstep? Market 16 to market 100 back then. But, All you right. know, that's. Did you bring your girlfriend with you? Numbers of people. Well, Linda Showquist, L-Y-N-D-A. I wonder where you are, Linda, if you, if you ever. Oh, my God. This. You spelled her first name? S-J-O-Q-U-I-S-T. I'm Why, sure she's. You want me to look on Facebook? We can call her. You, no, we're not calling her. Don't do that. <laughs> so Linda and I are living together and we go to. Desmonez, as I call it, to Des Moines. And about, I don't know, a few weeks into being in Des Moines, she says, this isn't the Twin Cities. And I went, no, it's Des Moines. She said, let's go back. I said, I quit my job. I don't have a job to go back. What's your last name? S-J-O-Q-U-I-S-T. She's from Princeton, Minnesota, but you're not going to find her. So she leaves and I'm like crying half the time, right? And when you're on the radio, if you've seen old fashioned radio stations, they have... Is that her? I don't know. She looks pretty old, but it could be. Um, and if it is, you look very lovely. Well, she looks like she's married. You, I'm sure she's married. She's a fabulous. All right. All right. Anyway, the women I've dated are all anyway. fabulous women. Uh, yeah, I so you guys broke up. 
we break up and I'm crying and, and, and radio stations had windows in front of the studios. So as you walked into this radio station, you could see me through the window. Literally you walked in off the street and you watched me crying. Oh, and I'm like, well, this is really embarrassing. So, I got to cut this out. Real quick, because Jim gonna, gets on tangents. No, what am I going to do? He moves to this smaller market. He brings no, Linda no, with her. They break out. No, you're break crying. Up, and I'm crying. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do to stop crying? I got to, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, here I go again. I'm a Jewish kid in Des Moines, Iowa. Not a lot of Jewish people. And, you know, what? It's a small town. I've never lived in a small town. What am I going to do? So back then, it's not like you can punch up Google. So I go to the yellow pages, and under A is airplane. I went, you know, Holy maybe I'll cow. take a flying lesson for real. So this, so you become a pilot because it's you start with letter A, and it's airplane in yeah. the yellow pages. Yeah, and I I hopped into a Piper Tomahawk at Des Moines Flying Service. And by the way, my primary flight you could have become a hairstylist if you opened it up in the wrong spot. Well, Jesus, maybe <laughs> I, maybe I should Jesus. Okay. So, uh, the. My primary flight instructor, after he taught me and, you know, it was a few years late, you know what he ended up doing? Flying for Arnold Palmer. The guy who makes tea? No, the golfer, Johnny. (laughs) The very, one of the greatest golfers. Pete and I talk about that. You know, Professor Peter Beams, he says, people don't even know him for golf. It's the iced tea. Well, yeah. So, and, and, and I learned. So how long have you been flying? Uh, 1981. Yeah, yeah, so long time. Yeah, and I have over thirty thousand. You've flown flown longer than Sully. Um, well, I who, fly, I, who landed. By the in way, the, I probably have almost, if not more, I have as many hours as Sully. But right. I'm not as good a pilot as Sully. Okay, but yeah. So you and keep I'm a your, flight instructor. You keep your plane at the Watertown Airport. I do. Again, ladies, look Jim up. I'm Lovely telling you right are, now, he'll fly you off. Sometimes we've been known. Jim's sometimes will call me and. Literally, he'll, I'll meet him at the airport. This we'll message fly. for Jim's next date brought to we'll, you by Johnny No, listen, Spisano. we'll fly Wait to Burlington, Vermont in yeah, it's about 30, half hour. 30 minutes. Yeah. It's about an, a little less than an hour to New York, an uh, hour right. and 40 minutes to Bar Harbor, Maine, which is one of my favorite places. You said, too, to me, when yeah. you were retired, you used to yeah. do something called, what was it called? Angel, Angel, Angel Flight. Angel yeah, Flight. What's that? Great. What's that? Angel Flight is where pilots... Uh, give of their own time in their airplane as a volunteer and angel flight hooks you up with people who need to get to the doctor need to get to the hospital and they can't they can't afford to get there and so you fly them so you take you take a sick sick child or sick person yeah and you fly them many times and you donate your time and your service angel flight new england and by the way it's a great charity it's not local i I like when people give local but if you're not going to give local Angel Flight, New England. I want to take a second to and mention that Jim is one of the most charitable guys in the community. I have seen him time and time again donate extraordinary amounts to local yeah. charities out of the goodness of his heart when he wants nothing in return. And I just think that that's yeah. kind of one of the neat things about you. That's silly. And, and I mean, you God's support good a you. lot of them. So again, if you have a charity, give Jim a call as well. No, please, can I can't keep giving more money. <laughs> but you know, when God's good to you, you should you should give back. I mean, that's yeah. how I. Well, was Jim, you work hard. So you work, you work every hard. day at Community we Broadcasters do. on yeah. Wealth Avenue. Yeah. We're a local communications company. Yeah. Uh, this is where you hear me on the radio every day. If it yeah. weren't for Jim making sure that the national grid bill gets paid, I wouldn't be on the radio. So I do appreciate. Yeah, we haven't that. missed yet. There's always yeah. tomorrow. We need electricity to stay on the air. <laughs> Shocking. All right. So how many radio stations um, 
currently are in your repertoire of community broadcasters, which, by the way, you are based out of Watertown, New York. I you am. live here in this town. I do. I live in Sackets you, Harbor. You, um, yeah. You've lived here for how long? 16, 16 and a half years. So, I love it here. And and you um, and I moved here from New York City, right? And I got to tell you, and I you love live it here. in Sackets. We'll yeah. just throw that out there. It's yeah. not a bad place to live. No, so it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. And uh, you, um, I live in a little condo, which makes me how feel did like you I'm find back in New York. This? So you you were you were yeah. retired. Yeah, you were living. You know where you're on at Studio um, Fifty Four. No, <laughs> Studio Fifty Four went away a long time ago, guys. <laughs> yeah. You live in the no. single life, and then you decide you want to get back into the radio I, business because why you love it? Because you love serving your community, and you decide to name the company. Boy, you make it look a lot better. Well, than I like does, to keep it moving. Yeah, you I decide like, to name I the company the Community Broadcast. Yeah, yeah. We actually are going to call it Community Broadcasting, but there's a fellow in Watertown who had that name taken, and I said to my business partner, "Why don't we call it?" I know this is going to sound crazy. So yeah. What's going to sound crazy? You, of course, you sound crazy. If you know my partner Bruce, who's well, done we, a podcast, yeah, we've already yeah. interviewed Bruce, and it, we uh, we do guarantee equal time on the dinner at Johnny's podcast. So Bruce is it. one of the finest people in the history of people, and he's one of my best friends. I have two really but, cool bosses, right? But so. well, I don't know, but but Bruce is one of my best friends, and um, I said, uh, you know, we're we're just a couple of community broadcasters. Let's call ourselves community broadcasters. Um. Because that's what radio is supposed to be all about is is working for, on behalf of, and in concert with the communities it serves. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. And I learned when I first got to Watertown as a broadcaster, um, you know, I used to every once in a while do the shock jock thing. And and I and I still don't mind You it's, can do that. Everybody once likes in a while. to have fun. They I know like to who have fun. You are. But I also realized that we need to use the microphone for good. Yeah. And as we're recording this podcast, Alex Jones, who oh, does this Infowars program, who son of a bitch. got on the radio, or well, he's he did get on the radio, but he has an internet radio station. And he talked about uh, Sandy Hook, that it was a hoax, this, that, and the other thing. Just an evil We're not going to get too crazy with it, but. He, no, he's, I mean, we some found of out tonight, politics, which I won't talk about. We found about, out tonight evil. that he, uh, the jury is awarding a billion dollars. Yeah, it was 960 or $70 million in damages. Thank So what do God. you think a responsible broadcasting, being a responsible broadcaster is all about? Well, you know, I think you can, you can to your point, there's nothing wrong. You know, Bruce put this show I mean, show freedom called, of speech is important, right? Well, it absolutely, I mean, the First Amendment is, there. there is no America without the First Amendment. And the right to say whatever the heck you want, as long as you're not screaming fire in a crowded theater and hurting other people. Uh, that's our right. And it's, uh, I, you know, the guys at Fort Drum run in front of bullets. Thank you for your service to protect our right to do that. But, you know, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with shock jocks. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, change the station. But as a mission for for the industry in general, I think serving the community is what it's all. I mean, Howard Stern has done many good things for people. He truly has. You know, he 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 rescues animals. He and his wife. Yeah. And you know, yes, he's dirty. He does redeeming stuff, but it's though, funny from time to time. You know, for people he, who like dirty. So if you don't like dirty. Don't listen to him. I'll say this too. Something yeah. that struck me as a chord. I um, when I was a young broadcaster. Um, my parish priest had been a priest in a very 
I think it was an on an island somewhere. That was one of his wow. assignments or whatever. And he told me this. Was that the, the church when he, he went to the... And he said to me, no, you've never been. Well, anyway, so okay. he said to yeah. me yeah. that um, in, the, in that community on the island, the radio station was what brought people together and was what made, he said, they broadcast the events. They let people know what was going on. It was a way to communicate to them. And, and I know that, you know, people come for entertainment and no, such. No, we're, we're the public square. But We, we that, are. And, and ever since yeah. he told me that, th- that always stuck with me. And I thought to myself, that's what we are here in the North Country, in Watertown. We're kind of like our own island. Yeah, we are. And we create what brings people together and it is in our best interest to create a positive atmosphere. So I believe in freedom of speech, but at the same time, I think it's our responsibility to tell the truth. First of all, and to bring people together. Yeah. That's the way I've always well, wanted the, to, the old to run slogan. my show and run the radio station. And, and you do, because nobody's like you. I, you know, I, again, this is my 52nd year in radio. There's nobody like Johnny. But, you know, they say with the privilege of power comes the responsibility for restraint. Right. right. And and you do, when you have any kind of power or influence, it's, it's a God-given duty to use it judiciously and to the degree you're able to do it for the for the good. Well, we've recently seen you can, you know, you can make people do all kinds of stuff. I could get on one morning and create some lie and and get the whole community riled up for nothing. Alex Jones did it. And yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's where it gets a little dangerous. So yeah, anyway, it so does. we want to keep but we're this not going to go there cuz Yeah, we, we want to keep it lighthearted. Look, we have we have some pretty political programs on the radio stations and if you want to listen to them listen to them if you don't don't so you're talking about am 1240 watn your am station wdxy down in south carolina and glenn curry and glenn and i love both of them but Mm -hmm. you know they they are rabble rousers and if you like it great if you don't like it, there are what other, other stations do you to. own here in the North Country? Let's just throw this oh, out here God. so people know. All right. Now it's a commercial for community. No, it's not a commercial. I'm just trying to keep this rolling. Right. We got the border 1067, the number one hit music station, which, by the way, per capita raises more money for Children's Miracle Network than any radio station on earth, thanks to Johnny. So oh, no. It's you the, you know what? It's not, it has nothing to do with me. Well, it has everything to do with the people in this community. Well, there's so, no question. Cheers to you. When the chips are down, the North Country speaks up. The North Country, that's right. We're using, with their heart. again, using not it for good. Not always with their wallet, because not some people don't have a big wallet, but right. with their heart. Sure. And if part of that is money, that's great. If it's doing the right thing, you know what? That's better. But yeah. I own a Magic 103.1 WTOJ. Which Ken, Ken, Ken Martin, Martin. Uh, runs that station. He's the program director. He's he does another a great amazingly job. Great soft, talented soft guy. rock. Yeah. John um, Tesh of Entertainment Tonight in the morning, Delilah at night. Yeah. But Ken. You know, I used to work on Magic 103.1 way back in the day. Yeah, you That's lived, where I started You here lived over Magic 103.1 as, I, as I'm told I in yeah. uh, Carthage. When it was in Carthage. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 94 Rock W-O-T-T, the only station that really rocks. Lancer and Oz, baby. Best I could do. My voice sucks. Sure. Uh, uh, I have uh, 100.7 The Eagle, 
which is the that and 95.3 The Wolf, which is another one of Tony Lynn at yeah. 95.3 The Wolf. Those are the two best country stations in the North Country, if I do say <laughs> so myself. Now it is turning into a commercial. And uh, AM 1240 WATN. Sure. With conservative talk, CBS Radio News on the So hour. you also own stations in South Carolina. Well, and we have, uh, you know, The Wolf and WQTK. You've owned stations in Florida ESPN recently. And Radio in, in Ogdensburg as well. Right. Yeah, I have 26 radio stations. And we're not going to name them South all, Carolina. but you have 26 radio yeah. stations that you oversee. Our talk host, Isn't our number one talk host used to be star- lieutenant governor there in South Carolina. Good guy, Ken Hard. Isn't it amazing that as a 14-year-old, you wet your pants. Yeah. And your destiny was put in front of you. Because I wanted to do it. And I was fortunate enough to have a family that was supportive and that gave me the tools to get a good education. And then, you know, it's a little providential. I mean, you know, God helps you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're really arrogant if you don't think so. I still want to win the lottery, though, God. Can I win the lottery? I play all the time. I'm a moron. I play the lottery. You play Powerball and Mega Millions. Yeah, tonight, you know, I could win $168 million tonight after tax. And the odds are like 9 million to 1. No, 303 million to 1. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not likely it's going to happen. I do it because what the hell. You know, I don't go to casinos because I always lose. But I spend more than I should, 1000 to $2,000 a year on the lottery. How long have you lived in. in the North Country? 16 and a half years. And I love it. Okay. I love it. I mean, I don't like the winter. I, I'll be totally honest. When it gets really cold, I want to kill myself. It's but funny. There's a lot of people. It's Watertown is one of those places where we have we have we live in the one of the snowiest places in the world. Yeah. And half the population, because I'm not going to say it's everybody, still complains about it. And yeah. it's like, we, <laughs> it is pretty stupid, we, but, and then the other half, but it's also sane. They relish in it. it. Yeah. Right. The yeah. people who love to get on the sleds, yeah. hit the tug hill, oh, get yeah. out on the slopes. And my friend Boo Wells just bought the local uh, ski area with, with her husband. Dry Hill Ski Area. Dry Hill Ski Area. Tim McAtee. I'd love to get him on the dinner at Johnny's podcast. Well, Tim I'm and talking about Boo. Tim, but I, obviously but the new owner's going to be great. Tim but, had a, a bit of a hell scare, and he's a nice man. Yeah. Well, and his wife at M&T Bank yeah, is a such a, nice a fun, little, fun little ski uh, area. And he here, worked his ever-living heart out for years right, on so, it. Yeah. Um, so what's next? I mean, we're doing podcasts now. Yeah. What's next? What do you think's next for the radio business? Now, again, we are, again, part of the community. Yeah. We're everywhere. Yeah. We have podcasts. We're on the air. Yeah, we radio stream on the is internet. ubiquitous. We, we really are ubiquitous. And, 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 you know, I'll run into people from time to time. Sometimes when my guys are trying to sell advertising and they'll say, you know, give me a break. Nobody listens to the radio. As a matter of fact, Johnny, without mentioning a name, is doing an endorsement deal for a guy who said, I listen to Sirius XM radio sucks. Ah. Johnny started doing an endorsement Ah. and this guy loves radio now because radio is everywhere. Radio reaches depends on the survey anywhere from 92 to 95% of the population every week, the same study. And it was done by Nielsen and they do digital, they do TV, they do radio. They're agnostic, right? Yeah. Cause we all spend money with them. So they want to make us all look good. Um, they say that I don't know who that is, but hope, yeah, hope, right. hope she's cute. Yeah, oh, keep keep cute. moving. Um, <laughs> see now, focus, I, Jim. I completely focus. lost it. See, Taylor got <laughs> me off track. But 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 the reality is, 
that that same survey, see, I remembered now, shows that SiriusXM reaches 9%. Spotify, Pandora, less than that. And, you know, radio is the killer app. I mean, it's not like we're walking around with the only thing we portable re- radios the, the, anymore. The biggest thing but, we have going for us is when people need to know what's going on in their community, they the got to tune in. Even if it's the commercials, it's true. Commercials tell you where to go and find sustenance. That's right. They and do. A lot of my friends or who are insurance in the 10th doctor. Mountain Division. Yeah. They, that's they. How are they going to find out what's going on in their little town? That's right, and God bless them. Incidentally, yes, thank you for. I mean, they they run in front of bullets to, yeah. so that we get to be free. I, I I'm still blown away by soldiers and airmen, etc. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, radio is is really where people come together. Well, you do a great job with it, that's for sure. And you do. Un, there's definitely you know uh, a lot of truth in the in the fact that uh, time you know, at the helm, since you're the captain now, even though you started off as just the DJ, yeah. uh, you I know, wasn't, you understand <laughs> the business. Now, how do you feel about some companies that are, uh, out there now, uh, in the radio business? You're a local owner. You yeah. own and operate these radio stations yeah. here in the North country. Yeah. You live here. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you feel about these big multi, multi, well, I know some of the people who run those big multi-multi companies, and yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to cast stones. Um, the guy who runs iHeartMedia and I used to know each other in Chicago when we were both kids. Okay. In fact, I ran into him at a convention. He said, "Oh, Jim, we were kids." Yeah, and he's run Six Flags. He's run what's the biggest uh, real estate company in the world? Remax. One of them, and and, and he's <laughs> I run. I don't know if it is or not. You know, it was Clear Channel, and it became iHeartMedia. Yeah, so you don't want to say anything bad. No, you know, but they, they, they you know, iHeart, Cumulus, uh, Odyssey, which your brother works for, the the big publicly traded broadcasting companies are in a different business. So, but I don't think they've done a tremendous service to the industry. Uh, they've done some things that are very positive. For example, they got us into podcasting like this, and they got us screaming, kicking, scratching, and biting into you know, having apps on yeah. phones and you know, radio is everywhere now. I just wrote something on Facebook very innocently because I saw something very disturbing about the industry. And I love this 52 years. I mean, it's one of my great loves. Um, and I, and I want to protect it and nurture it. But, you know, I said, small markets are, you know, where radio is doing what radio's always done. Absolutely. In big cities, it's hard to do that. And when you're running a publicly traded company with a high-powered board of directors and shareholders and institutional investors, we used to have an institutional investor, in fact, who we bought out. And they're wonderful. They're yeah, called yeah, yeah. Northwood keep Ventures. Moving, keep moving. Wonderful people. <laughs> well, they are wonderful. I don't owe them anything. I your thought. Them. Your thought. But I, but I love those guys. Finish your thought. Uh, you, you know, I try to keep them on track. No, it's all one long <laughs> run-on sentence. I mean, you know, when, when, when you're here for the community and obviously to make a profit, I want to make as much money as I can. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but when you're there for the community, the community tends to support you, too. And it becomes an infinite feedback loop if you remember those days with computers. Let me tell you something. I can guarantee you 100% we're all behind the community. And you know what? If we don't have that, what do we got? I don't want to be just a watered down version 
of everywhere else. Yeah. I want to be the North Country. Now, I want to be is what authentic. we are. And Johnny, no. Johnny's a you know he's he's a friend. He's your best friend with his arm around you on the couch, in your car, wherever you are. And that's what radio. When I first got into it. That's what I was trained radio was. And Johnny still does it. And I think our company, not always, but largely does it. And, you know, Bob Pittman, the guy I was talking about who runs iHeart, I mean, he's a very smart, very lovely guy. And he said, you know what radio really is at the end of the day? It's companionship. Okay. And that's what we are. That's what we are. And that's what podcasts are. Yeah. We're, We're here doing the dinner at Johnny's podcast. We had some great steaks. We had some good fun. Johnny's the, the best cook ever. I, I do appreciate you and what you you have brought to the community. You've been at Community Broadcasters here in Watertown for 17 years, yeah, right? Long time. I was here well before you got here, Yeah, and you've done a great job. We continue to serve our community. We're here for our community. And, and uh, by the way, we have a great team of people yeah. who really give a damn, yeah. from our sales staff to our announcers to the people in yeah. our office. Everybody loves the North country and we're just trying we to do be, as much as we can. We want to, we are authentic. Yeah. So, so yeah. I thank you for coming in. Thank you. Is there something else me. you want to talk about? Uh, nothing. I mean, you're the boss. I don't think anything I'm allowed to talk about, right? You, I don't know. You can, that's your call. But I think that, I think we've done great today. We could talk about Joan Jett. And thank you. Do you want to talk about Joan Jett? That's a Bruce and Jim story. All right, talk talk about Bruce, uh, Joan Jett. So I met I met Bruce, I a, another radio station. This is your I partner, from Bruce scratch. Mittman. Bruce Mittman, who's done a podcast, and another one of the radio stations I started. And and you, if if you've lived here, you may know for a brief time we had a station called the Fox One Hundred Point Seven, the Fox, which is now the Eagle. We go through all the animals at community broadcasters. Yeah, yeah, and we <laughs> thank you. Old McDonald. And and we called it the Fox because I built a station called Fox 104.7 in Bangor, Maine in 1985-86, something like that. And Bruce bought the radio station. And we became really, we've been friends ever since. It's a long time. Yeah. And so we bring Joan Jett and the Blackhearts to play the Bangor Opera House. And I can't remember if he called me or he called Bruce. I think he called me, Bruce thinks. Isn't Bangor, Maine, where Stephen King lives? Well, that was who called. So I can't remember if he called Bruce or me. Both of us think he called us, and that's probably ego. Who the hell knows? Stephen Um, King, the author. Yeah. So we're, you know, I'm sitting there waiting for this concert, and the phone rings. Uh, Stephen King, can can I have a couple of tickets? I really like Joan Jett. And I'm like, Stephen King, Stephen King. He said, yeah, Stephen King. I said, well, I know you live here. You own radio stations I compete with. He said, yeah, you guys sound great. I said, yeah, thank you. Your, your books are better than my radio stations, right. but you can do it. How about you come backstage with us? So Jim and I recently flew to Bangor, Maine, and we drove around listening to Stephen King's rock station that's yeah. still on the air. So he's a radio fan. All right. Literally, All when right. you see the name on your car stereo, yeah. it says Stephen King's rock station, WKIT 100.3. Great. He's a wonderful guy. And so I said, well, why don't you just, come backstage with us. It's our concert. We're going to be backstage. So he comes backstage. So Stephen King's backstage, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And he comes back. He's got two six packs of Heinegans and a bottle opener around his neck. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. That's, that's frigging Stephen King. I was, you know, starstruck. And so we're there and, 
and it's time for the show. And and you got I I love rock and roll queued up. That would be the yeah. Song. I'm getting it ready. Yeah. And and so thank you. Did Joan Jett have right. the mullet then? So wait, you got to stop it because we got to cue it back up for the story. Okay. So so we're we're sitting there and you know the the the, the dressing room was this spiral staircase above where we were backstage and. All of a sudden, we see this girl slumped over and these two guys, one under each arm, holding her up. I went, oh, my God, that's her. We're going to have to refund the price. So, wait a minute. Joan Jett was like blackout drunk? Well, I don't know what it was. I think it was probably drugs. I mean, she, you know, she's written about it. She's yeah. a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. God bless her. And, and she was completely incoherent. And so... You know, Bruce, I'm the program director. He's the owner at that time. And he said, well, Jimmy, you're going to have to go on and, you know, talk about get ready for Joan Jett. So I go out, you know, and I'm trying to be the big DJ. I went, hey, do you love rock and roll? And everybody starts singing. I love rock and roll, which you, you can hear. Sure. And so she's literally incoherent. So these two guys walk her out on stage and they say, Joan, we're going to put the guitar around your neck. And one of us is going to run stage right. One of us is going to run stage left as the curtain comes up. You just got to play. Don't worry about the encore. Just get through your basic set, which was about an hour and 20 minutes, I guess. And sure enough, you know, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Fox 104.7 presents Joan Jett with my stupidly high voice. And the curtain goes up. These guys run off stage. She stands up straight as an arrow and plays. See, I'm waiting. Oh, 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 she plays. She literally started with. I hate myself for loving you. Well, it could have been. It was one of her big hits. She plays an hour and a half. Hey, is this this Sunday Night Football? It kind of sounds like Sunday Night Football, ladies and gentlemen. She literally, like, all of a sudden just popped up and performed. And she was great. I mean, she was Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Joan Jett. So, hey there, Richard. The football game on NBC is for you. Remember, this is Sunday Night Football. You don't watch right, it, but yeah. this is the music they use. So, because she's in the Rock and Roll Friggin' Hall of Fame. Right. So, hi, guys. The dogs are here. Yeah. And so, the concert ends, and the curtain comes down. Literally, she falls over like her body is stiff and hits her face on the floor. And they so as her. soon as the curtain goes down, she falls she, over. She stopped because it was done. She was done. She did her job. And the drugs or whatever took over. <laughs> and Steven says, hey, guys, love to hang with you. You're a lot of fun. I got to help her. And he walked up the spiral staircase. The two guys held yeah. her up. And that was that. Well, what a way to end the podcast. Jim Levin, thank you so much for being on it today. This is the Dinner at Johnny's podcast. And it's a drug-induced fun fest. Thank so you thank so you. much for thank you, Johnny. That Joan Jett. 